one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So they've changed the rules, haven't they? So to get a meal deal these days, you need to have a card. A card! You need to have signed up, given over all your data, logged in, set up a password and joined a supermarket cult just so you can get your lunch for three pounds. I'll tell you what, that is a sign of a society I want nothing to do with. So I'll go to the till with one of those expensive smoothies because, you know, I'm going to pilfer these rich cunts for all they're worth. And she says to me, have you got a card? Well, I almost covered myself in the smoothie like a dirty protest. I mean, I wouldn't mind if the sandwich was any good. Honestly, they literally just fuck it in that box backwards. They spit the smallest bit of butter on it. And don't get me started on those crisps. The world's smallest packet of crisps is about three in now. And now she wants me to go online and do a fucking essay and prove I'm not a robot by clicking pictures of traffic lights. Take your fucking sandwiches. Take your fucking car. Take your three pans and fuck off. After the tone, Yes, it's me, Scotty, and this is after the t- listen. If by now, a hundred plus episodes in, you ain't got a clue how you got here or how it works or what this is all about, well, there's really no fucking hope, is there? Because I'm bored week in, week out, sitting here trying to fucking explain it to you. But still, still, you're not quite getting it. It's quite simple, okay? Listen, I know you're a bunch of miserable cunts, but I fucking, I'll tell you what's going to happen this week. You're going to sit there and you're going to smile and you're going to fucking laugh, all right? You're going to enjoy yourself, actually, okay? Lovely. Good. (laughs) On today's show, the dangers of knitting, (gasps) peril and pissing in kettles. What? Do you know what? Just one week. I'd love to say something a bit more wholesome. Why is it? Why is it? It's always filth with you lot. Anyway, (laughs) this week, producer Debs is on her jollies. Oh, yeah, it's all right for fucking some, isn't it? Me sat here fucking working away. Where is she? She's in France. I know. France. That one, she's got absolute notions. She's got ideas above her station. And I'll tell you what, if she, she's in Paris as well. So if she don't fucking come back with a baguette, 
in the shape of the Tour Eiffel. Oh, yeah, I know how to say it in French. Oh, yeah. If she don't fucking come back with some sort of trinket, then that's me and her done. But, worry not, producer Tim is here to press the buttons. And producer Tim tells me there are not five, there are not six, there are seven FTCs. First on Call Central this week. Mm, I know. So that's going to be nice. Say hello to all those faces. Anyway, before we get going, there is a lovely review here. <clears throat> I'm just going to clear my throat for that. <laughs> that's what I said to him. <laughs> Five stars. I love listening to Scotty speak. I mean, I envy you because I don't get to listen to me. (laughs) This is lovely and it feels so friendly. Thanks, love heart. That's from Kayubi in Australia. (gasps) Look at people listening to us in all these faraway places. It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, Listen, we do love reading your reviews. So, and the things that you put about us on social media, it is really lovely. So please do keep them coming. If there is something you want to respond to in the show, the number is coming up a little bit later. So, LTLs, lurkers and newbies, let's see what you want to talk about this time. Hello, Scotty, Debs, Tim, Kat and Maya and all the rest of the gang. Um, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. My pronouns are he, him. I've been wanting to call in for a while, but I've been feeling really shy. In a previous episode, we were talking about dads and DIY. I have a story. It's not a claim to fame one. Far more embarrassing than that. But I thought I'd throw it in the mix all the same. During lockdown, I, I really got into my knitting. It was basically all I fucking did for months. One night I was watching a film with my dad while I was knitting my jumper. I was really, really close to finishing. I had another hour to go or something. So I was getting excited. We paused the film because I had to go for a wee. And then when I came back into the room, just out of habit, I kind of threw myself back onto the sofa. Unbeknownst to me, my, my knitting needles had kind of fallen down the gap between the two big couch cushions and they'd sort of kind of wedged themselves really kind of erect and upright in like the middle of the sofa and so when my ass landed on the sofa then the needles like impaled my bottom it was awful it was so bad i should say it the needles went into my bum cheek uh, and not my hole so like in some ways i got off lightly but it still fucking hurts so much so i sort of shrieked and fell onto the floor my dad was like just clueless didn't know what was going on and then he saw this needle sticking out of my jammers so he hurried over and yeah eventually he pulled it out it's, it's, he said it had gone quite far in I rang my sister-in-law, who's a doctor, thinking, should I go into A&E? Anyway, I related all this to her, and she thought it was the funniest thing ever. It is funny, but I was hoping for a bit more empathy. But anyway, in the end, I was grand with a bit of Savlon. One one last detail, I remember once I got over the... I don't know why this is the thing that makes me laugh so much. Once I got over the initial shock of it... I wanted to return to my knitting because I was so close to finishing. Uh, I couldn't find my other needle anywhere. And then I learned my dad had put the other needle in the dishwasher to make it sterile, he said. Anyway, there you go. Sorry this dragged on a bit. Love you. 
<laughs> oh god <laughs> i'll take it back do you know what i want more stories like this first up welcome to the room ltlftc listen i just want to put out there uh, that shyness is more than welcome here now it will come as no surprise to anybody that i was a shy child no honestly and i i, I was my mum will vouch for this i was such a shy quiet like very insular child i mean what happened i mean a lot did life did but i yeah so i i really understand shyness as um well i guess i think i'm quite omni shy i can be quite shy in certain situations anyway that's just to say that shyness is welcome here do you know what i mean we can't all be gregarious fools like me now (laughs) you've got a lovely turn of phrase jamas Look at that, jamas. And then the other word that you said, which I thought, I'll give you 10 points for that, unbeknownst, unbeknownst to me, language from yesteryear. Well done. Now, the thing that was always sort of taken home from me was, do knitters get excited? Because <laughs> you were like, I'd, I'd had an hour to go, I was getting really hyped. And I was just thought to myself, like, is knitting quite an exciting sport? <laughs> I really appreciate the detail of which you told us. Like, it went into the cheek, it not into the hole. <laughs> I've got some more question. Is the scar tissue, has it scarred you in different ways? Um, also, why are you bouncing on the sofa? I tell you what, if you came around my house and you bounced off the sofa, I'd be like, oh, do you know how much I paid for that fucking sofa? <laughs> Ten points. What a great welcome into the room. I hope we have you again. <laughs> Ah. Hi, Scotty. And I don't remember everyone else's name um, because I'm a fairly new listener. But hi, everyone. I really dig your show and it's just a quick one because I was just listening to the last one that you posted and talking about kettles and international travels. I mean, they might have kettles in America, I don't remember, but definitely we don't have kettles in Brazil. We use the good old stove to heat up water, which means that you will wait quite a bit of time for your tea to get ready. So the travel kettle does sound better, but on that note, Brazil is fairly hot for tea anyway. Although I've seen Brits in Brazil and and yeah, they drink their tea anyway, but I had never drank a cup of tea before I came to England. Just, just, you know, if you go to Brazil, you might want to bring your kettle. Bye. Keep up the good work. I love your podcast. Oh, another new person. I love this. Oh, well, as we started, I thought, oh, is this a call from Brazil? I got very excited. And then you realised that um, you, I think you said you were living in England or you came to England. So I'm making an assumption that you're calling from England Shire, which is fine enough. I'm going to just pretend it's from Brazil. Anyway, you didn't leave your name, lovely person, and welcome. Um, the other people that are Tim Meyer, Kat and producer Deb, there you go. I've said their names now. Um, now, I've got some thoughts about this because I grew up with a stove kettle. You know, one of the ones that whistled. And I think this is going to be controversial. People will be calling about this. I think you get a better cup of tea out of a stove kettle than you do a keckle kettle. I said keckle because that's what they say in Manchester. For some reason in Manchester, people say words with Ks all the time like buckle and hospital. And it really winds the fuck, like it really, really winds me up. Because there's no need for it. Do you know what I mean? They're just putting it on. Anyway, I think a stove keckle. <laughs> you get a better brew from. There's just something, you don't get that sort of like, 
takes. And I know, like, people are like, oh, that's to do with how hard the water is and all of that shit. And I just don't believe it. I think heating up on gas, <laughs> which is a fucking premium in the UK at the moment, just makes it taste better. I'd love to know if anybody else has strong thoughts on this. Hi, Scotty and crew. It's B here again, calling from the toilet. <laughs> in terms of taking a kettle on holiday, I'm kind of tempted to start doing that myself because I've started following something on Twitter called Fesshole. And basically, it's just loads of people messaging in anonymous confessions. And quite a lot of people, particularly cis men, piss in kettles in hotels. What is wrong with people? So now I've been too scared to use a kettle in a hotel ever since. So yeah, I don't blame that person's mum for taking her own kettle on holiday with them because you know it's not going to have traces of piss in it. Unless that's what you're into. Anyway, bye! Be here again on the toilet. Lovely to have you. In more ways than one. <laughs> I was thinking then, maybe your nickname here is B-Day. <laughs> it might stick. <laughs> so B-Day. I've, I've heard this as a rumour, but I didn't know if it was a real thing. What? Why is it that they can't just piss in the toilet? Also, just going off of what I said to our last lovely caller from Brazil... Is it going to add to the flavour? I'm sorry to go there. I know. Don't look at me like that, Dr. Tim. Why do I keep on calling you Dr. Tim? <laughs> keep on, maybe you are, Dr. Tim. Maybe you are a professor. Are you a professor, Tim? Tim's not Tim's not saying anything. Um, Maybe, maybe it adds to the flavour. <laughs> Why? Why does this podcast make me think such things? Anyway. Oh, God. Now I don't want... You, you are supposed to always check the kettle, aren't you? But, I mean, here's the other sinister thing that people do. They wash their knickers in them, don't they? They put their smalls in them. Because if you're travelling for a long time, you can just put your knickers... In, uh, yeah, you can put your knickers in there, turn it on, and it's like a hot wash, isn't it? I mean, just imagine what is in a hotel... Ke- what uh, Hotel kettles, if they could talk... Someone, start a podcast about hotel kettles. I think there's a lot of material in this. Hi Scotty, hi everyone at the pub. I'm a long time listener, first time caller and I just wanted to respond to the conversation about taking home comforts on holiday. I don't really like going on holiday but I do something that I think you'd really dislike Scotty after um, sharing your views on these again last week. If a friend invites me over for to theirs for a night in like for a glass of wine or something or watch a film I love to take my own slippers with me to their house. Yeah, I just pop them in my handbag, take them on the tube and just make myself comfy and settle in for the night, really. Anyway, would you kick me out of the pub for that, Scotty? (laughs) Probably. Anyway, just popping in to say that and thank you for the podcast. Lots of love. Bye. Let me get the greetings out of the way. LTL, FTC... Listen, I loved your voice. You've got a great voice. A beautiful voice. Anyway, I'll I'll give with one hand, I'm going to take with the other. How fucking dare you? How fucking... Could you imagine? Could you imagine someone coming round your gaff and being like, don't worry, I bought my own slipper. Oh, 
I feel so many things about this because that's going to have that slipper crust from somebody else's house, like, wandering around your house. Oh, no. Also, like, how comfortable are you getting? Like, I understand, like, you want to get comfy if you're going around to your friend's house, but, like, I mean, what do they live in? Like, a Victorian parlour? You sat on fucking thistles and mahogany? Like, don't they have a sofa and a cushion? That will suffice. Also, are you invited? Does your friend say, oh, yes, please do bring yourself? What is the etiquette to it? That's what I want to know. You can't just, like, turn up and be like, oh, look, here's my fucking slippers. I know it's weird. It's very strange behaviour. And would I chuck you out of a pub for doing it? Hmm. Not sure. Depends what they look like. Would I chuck you out of my house? Absolutely. Hey everyone, got you, Tim, Maya Cat, producer Deb and all of the pub. It's Forgettable Kim here, back uh, for the first time in a while. But yeah, I saw your call out about fat dating and I am a fat person and I have recently got back on the apps as of, today, like a couple of weeks. And there was a caller a couple of episodes ago who brought up the fear of being a catfish. And I, I really, really relate to that from the fat perspective. I have this sense of stress every time I match with someone that they've either not properly read my profile or they've not properly looked at like the full body pics I've got in there and they've just sort of seen what they want to see rather than what's actually there. And then I got thinking that this stress is like, this is actually not about them being disappointed. It's about, it's for me, it's like for my protection, like them being disappointed means that I might get rejected. So like the stress kind of has a function of like trying to keep myself safe. And I can't live my life like that. Like I can't go around just not doing stuff because I might get hurt. Like that's not fair. I should be able to do stuff. When I was sort of thinking this through, I realized what I need to do is sort of trust that I can deal with the rejection, like feeling the rough feelings, loving myself as much as I can, relying on other loved ones to lift me up um, and remind me that I'm fucking great when I'm going through that. Um, And it hurts to think about that because anyone listening who is a fat person moving through the world, you know that you do that every fucking day anyway. And this is adding another task to that pile. And it's just like, I can't be bothered. And it's, it's makes me angry that we have to put in this effort every day, but it also is a strength. Like you have so much of that abundant like love to give yourself and you can catch yourself and you can get through that and the fun thing to remember is that once you're through all the rough emotions and like the feeling sad then you can be like well fuck them like I'm sorry but if they've not realized in 2022 that fat people are hot um then they're really fucking out of it and they're siding with society and they probably weren't a good match in the first place and like I know you can't jump to those emotions of anger and sort of like justified anger straight away but like it is true like who doesn't think we're hot yet come on everyone all right i will love you and leave you and chat to you soon bye forgettable kim i'm so glad you've rejoined the chat for this and i'm glad that this is going to become a conversation because that caller who called up, they were asking for advice as a fat trans person and I just really felt for them because, God, we've all been there, right? We, I think we've all been there, even if we're not fat, if we are somehow othered by society, we've all carried a sense of fear and a sense of rejection potential 
and a fear of have they looked at my profile in the right way? Do they really understand what they're getting into? Like we start to like make excuses for that person that's matched with us. And it's really difficult. And as you say, it's very complex. I guess I want you to kind of lead on the fact that this isn't our shit. And, you know, there are, we can devise coping mechanisms for this, but I think the headline that I want to start off with here is that we're living in a fatphobic society. We're living in a society that says, that has very narrow definitions of beauty and acceptability. And because we often don't fit those narrow definitions that are enforced upon us, we adopt these feelings and they turn into rejection potential. And I just kind of wanted to put that above the pub. You know, this isn't our bullshit. It's somebody else's and we're having to deal with it. Dot com. <laughs> I think I really felt this with the NHS one. And I was like, D- I mean, does he know? And I think my fear was very present when his wasn't. And I was very lucky in that way. Because I think, you know, I've dated people that admire desire and quote-unquote chase fat bodies. And somehow that's kind of easier. It's kind of easier to be with someone that you're like, okay, yeah, you want this thing, fine. You, This is your thing. You want to... And then that, holds, that, that unravels a whole bunch of other things about objectification and fetishization. But it's kind, that's kind of, I feel, easier to deal with than the vagueness of like, no, I just kind of fancy you. <laughs> that's the bit where I'm like, hold up. how why and again we start to adopt the things that are placed upon us and our bodies and that's a really difficult thing to unpick and so now i'm wondering if there is anybody else in the room that's experienced this through fatness or through other ways in which you've been othered hmm And that feels like a lovely little moment to have a time out. But stick with us, because coming up, we've got by erasure, coping with hair loss, and how to deal with a dirty dick. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anymore. Okay, I just don't know. And whilst we're at there and we're having this little moment, I just want to let you know that the British Podcast Awards have launched their listeners' choice. Yes, we didn't get a shortlist for the other ones because you have to pay for them. Fuck that, am I fucking paying for an award? What do I look like? Liza Minnelli? <laughs> FYI, I have no evidence to say that Liza Minnelli has ever paid for any award. Actually an icon, a hero. Okay. Um, if you like listening to this and you fancy letting us win an award for free, britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote. All you've got to do is search podcast, find after the tone and press vote. Lovely. Um, we are close to signing off this season. And I mean, there is there is still a lot that you could respond to. So why not pick up the phone and tell us what you think? Because we'd love to have you here. Honestly, we would. So here's the number. 0788-200-3420. It's really straightforward. And you can hear there's lots of new people that have taken the plunge this week. So why not join in? All you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp, put our number in and record a voice note like you would to a pal and then send it off. And it's that simple. 
Good. Um, we are particularly keen to get some 10-second confessions in before the end of the season. So why not let me absolve you for your sins and start your message with, this is a 10-second confession. Uh, right, let's get back to the party, I say. Hi, Scotty. Um, this is Hannah. I'm a newbie. I don't know where to go because there's noise everywhere, but that's real life, right? I've been listening to your last couple of episodes and it's been so gripping I've enjoyed every single one. There was a few standout moments for me that I wanted to bring up. The hair loss. It runs in my family. We've all we've all got hardly any hair now. Something that happens at perimenopausal stage. And it is. It's a bugger. And I had the same thing. It's, oh, you're fine. It's nothing. You, I can't tell. And it feels like a fight whenever I talk about it. And that makes me feel sad. It does make me feel sad. The other thing I wanted to talk about was your amazing, amazing carer, the chap that looks after his mum. What a beautiful, beautiful soul he's got. What an amazing job he's doing with his mum. I just thought, what an absolute inspiration. And to have that perspective to go, oh, what a sweetheart to, for saying that about me, you know? I thought, what absolutely amazing chap. I work in therapy, so seeing the other side of it, knowing that there's patients out there that are being so well looked after and cared for by inspiration. Yeah, I got cut off. Got cut off by my little girl, Lara. (laughs) (laughs) That are being so well cared for. For gorgeous people like that just makes me feel so at ease with the world, I suppose. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Lara. Well done for cutting mum off there. <laughs> now, newbie, welcome. I love newbie. Newbie's a nice one, isn't it? Um, When this chat about hair emerged, it's been so interesting because I did so much thinking about hair, particularly about mum, with going through chemo and losing her hair. Because hair has been so much about my mum's identity. It's the one thing, I think, in my family that my family have never been critical of my mum for. I come from very critical... And particularly, I'm pointing this in the direction of my nan and her family. I'm very critical of what you look like and how you look like. They come from a very specific sort of Irish Catholic family that you're sort of dressed down when you come into a house. Whereas my granddad's family, you're really bigged up. And I think the hair was like my mum's thing. It was the one thing that she was very proud of. It was the one thing that they were kind about. And so then when mum went through cancer, I think I didn't really recognise what that would do to my mum's sense of self. You know, because your hair is so much about your identity, isn't it? And how you look and how people interact with you. It's quite often a a thing that people will pick out about, you know, if they want to give you a compliment, they'll quite often go to, and they'll talk about your hair or your clothes. And yeah, it's made me think about mum and maybe what she went through with that. I'm starting to um, recede a bit because of testosterone and that's that's so interesting like how I'm starting to be so critical of myself and um thinking about that so yeah I I I really hear what you're saying and um oh we all love the carer but listen you said you've got some standout moments there none of those stand-up moments included me Hannah actually hmm thanks very much Hi, Scotty, producer Deb, Tim, Kat, Maya and everyone in the pub. 
I am in the bath, so if you hear mysterious splashing in the background, that's why. I just wanted to do a shout out to the lovely person that rang about their hair loss concern and the um, reaction other people had had. I just want to say to that person, I'm really proud of you for looking into it and doing what you can and continuing to live your best life with something. Because when my hair started coming out in clumps, or it felt like clumps, like when I was showering and washing my hair and brushing my hair, my solution was to just stop washing my hair. <laughs> like, like I, I still showered, but I would just not wash my hair. And I just slipped into a state of denial in that it was happening. And like, if I don't brush my hair, it won't come out. And, it, you know, it didn't. And I, like, it didn't solve anything. And I think my hair has changed a lot over the years largely due to the fact that I ruined it with box dyes I haven't done it for a long time and I that's been something that's been quite hard for me because I used my hair color as a real self-expression and comfort in identity and choosing to stop doing that because I thought that's what was leading to my hair loss because it's so much thinner than it used to be and that's quite hard for me to come to terms with the whole thing's been a big mess but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of you for looking into it and carrying on. And I'm sorry that your support network weren't what you needed them to be. But I see you. I believe in you. And I just want to say I love you. Oh, we love a bath call over here, don't we? Oh, I love a bath. I'd love to know what's in it. Now, I'd, I wonder if there's somebody who's listened to this who is a hair specialist. I'd... I'd yeah. Someone who does satin with hair, that's not a hairdresser. Or maybe it's a hairdresser. <laughs> In my head, I was thinking this is going to be a doctor for hair. <laughs> it's, it's just a hairdresser, isn't it, Scotty? Yeah, yeah. So if um, Vidal Sassoon or Trevor Sorbet or Lee Stafford or I don't know who else does hair, you know, any of them does hair, if they're listening, or maybe you're just a hairdresser, I'd like to know whether or not it's an urban myth about dyeing your hair so much because your hair right look I'm gonna pseudoscience coming right at you your hair is dead isn't it it's always it's dead so literally by dyeing it can you you can't really be killing it although of course it changes the texture of it but does it change the texture of future hair the potential of future hair I'd love to know because that's what my mum always said to me she was like don't be dying your hair don't be dying your hair you'll ruin your hair my mum doesn't talk like that, but she sort of sometimes does talk like that. Anyway, that gets into a whole another conversation about accents and home voice and outside voice. Um, I'd love to know. Maybe you do know. Call up. It's now time for a bit of a double whammy. Yeah, producer Tim tells me these next two calls are quite similar in tone, so we're going to listen to both of them, and then I'll respond. Thank you very much. Hi, Scotty. Um and the After the Tone podcast team. So I'm trying to come up with a nickname and I can't at the minute. So I have no nickname, but I'm in Ireland. I'm at BPD, long time depression sufferer, and I'm bi. Um, and that's something that I wanted to call in about today. I was listening to a last caller talking about bisexuality and that they are bisexual and 
they were talking to their kid about it, which I just found so amazing and affirming. But yeah, my own identity. Um, I have been bisexual. I've been out for many years. And it's something, especially around Pride Month, I have difficulty being. Um, I find it a challenge being bisexual. Sometimes I wish I wasn't, which is really heartbreaking for myself. Like, I wish I was really comfortable, but I'm not. I find it very uncomfortable to be. I feel like it's a knot inside me. I have to unpick every every time I think about it because it's, you know, I've internalised biphobia over many years. I just wonder how I can, like, live authentically in my identity and actually be visible as well to others comfortably I don't know I find it a wishy-washy identity I feel like I have like honorary membership to the LGBTQ community even though that's not a thing it's not like a tick box thing exercise that you need to you know get all these achievements to be um, a a member but yeah I definitely feel that way so yeah I just wanted to vocalize that say it's something just in case anyone else is struggling with that and yeah thank you for giving me that space to vent I think it's I think it's sometimes it builds up in me and I have to let a, a bit of pressure because it just it gets a bit suffocating sometimes and it I just find it very upsetting because I struggle with that internalized biphobia and erasure a lot and I also feel yeah I don't know just feel a bit defeated by it all Scotty to be honest and otherwise just to finish up I just wanted to promote the Patreon I'm a supporter and I encourage everyone else to do so I know you're getting new listeners in and that's the best way to keep it going the pub is an excellent place to be I love listening to people and I love your responses Scotty I love how your brain works um everything is so poetic and I find I get so much catharsis out of listening to people so thank you so much for this space and I all I hope you all have a fantastic week. Wishing you well from Dublin. Bye. Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb, Tim, Kat and Maya and everyone at the ACT crew. Medium-term listener that's mostly been binge listening. First time, very nervous caller. I've done this message about five times and deleted it because I was too nervous. So, um, yeah, I just listened to the most recent episode talking about like by erasure and I really I really identified with um the person that was on you know telling their child about being bisexual like I really identify with that because I'm pansexual I've dealt with a lot of uh skepticism and suspicion from people in the queer community for for a long time I came to queerness quite late I realized that I was pansexual in my sort of early 20s and and currently I'm 31 now and I'm currently going through a bit of a gender thing where you know I'm basically just the uncomfortableness with the identity of woman has become has come to the point where I just I can't do it anymore so I'm kind of going by they them pronouns but um I really I really identified with that call because it's tricky I'm currently I'm in a relationship with a man I'm actually getting married to a man this year which I'm really excited about but I'm having a bit of like a queer panic about it. There's a real thing. I always, I feel a lot of unease. I feel like I'm not queer enough. And I have to say, I've been made to feel like I'm not queer enough in a lot of spaces. And that, and I've had my identities kind of invalidated by people being like, well, you're in a relationship with a man, so it doesn't really count. Or like, you know, um, aren't you just heterosexual because you're in a relationship with a man? It's like, well, 
no because that's not that's not how it works is it and and i tend to get it from lesbian and gay people it tends to be older lesbian and gay people and like i get it for you the gender of the person you're in a relationship with that is the source of your oppression right because it's very visible and it's very openly gay and i get that but i think there needs to be a bit of a you know there doesn't seem to be this acknowledgement that your identity might be different to the person the gender of the person you're dating anyway um i just wanted to send out a bit of solidarity to that person because I, I you know i really get it and i don't have any i don't have any solutions at all i'm also not out to my family and my family are quite homophobic so it's quite tricky but i want to have like a gender bit of a gender neutral ceremony at my wedding so i'm gonna have to have that conversation with them sometime before October when the wedding is so um yeah if anyone's got any advice about having that conversation with slightly homophobic parents and very homophobic grandparents who are going to be in attendance at the wedding you know that'd be that'd be really great if you can give me any tips um so I'm really sorry person I called because I'm in solidarity with you but I've offered you no advice and nothing of any help and I've actually ended up putting a request on everybody else. So, yeah, not not sure how helpful that is. All right, um, take care of yourselves. Talk soon. Bye. Now, I'm so glad we listened to these together because I think at some point they're talking to each other and they are with each other and at some points I think there are different things that I'd like to pull out. So first off, Hello Dublin, Hello Ireland. When you first said um, BPD, I thought, is that a, an abbreviation that I've forgotten for somebody who hasn't called up before? Then I realised, bless you, borderline personality disorder. Welcome, hello. I'm going through a similar diagnosis myself. I should have picked it up, but it was just one of those moments where I thought, big, big person, no, big person here, no. I just couldn't do it so i'm glad we cleared that up and also middle term listener first time nervous caller mtlftvnc listen i could hear it in both of your voices you know it's like a it is a real thing to pluck up the courage and say right i'm coming in and i'm coming in with these things and i'm glad you did because what i'm hearing from both these calls is particularly in the season that we're in now pride season how pride is failing many of us on lots of different levels and lots of different fronts. And what I'm hearing in both of these is a retaliation or a response from the quote-unquote community, communities, of queer protectionism. This idea that there has to be a right way, there is a way of doing bisexuality. There is a way of being queer. There is a way of being pan. There is a way of doing it. And something that um, you said, lovely pan person, was pan person? Oh my god, that's a great nickname for you. There you go, that's going to stick. Was about coming to this late or coming to these identities late. And it made me think, aren't we all coming to our identities late? Because if you were to ask me... 15 years ago, who I was, I said, I'm a gay man. I would actually, I would just said, I'm gay, <laughs> you know, in that sort of like naughty's way. I'm gay. And now I couldn't think of anything so removed. I wouldn't, I, like, I, I, the words gay man feel like two so removed things from who I am as a person as some like 
fat queer. And even then, now I feel like queerness doesn't really sit with me. And I really do feel like a fat faggot. Like, that is who I feel like is, like, within me. I'm just like, that is who I am. And I think we, because of our languages and because of identities burgeoning and emerging, or actually they've, they've always been there, just, they're just given, given more space, more people have had time to come together and work those things out and create communities, etc. that I feel like I'm probably late to an identity that I don't even know is waiting for me down the line. And I think that there is some uh, softness within that, but that doesn't help either of you feeling this ostracization. And I guess there's something that I do understand from some sort of people in the community when they say things like, yeah, but. I think I understand what they're saying when they say, yeah, but, because what they're talking about there is privilege and passing. And this is uh, this is not pertaining either of you. But some people can use gay as a costume and they don't have to, um, or they have never lived or walked in the shoes of being oppressed or being spat at or any of those things. And do you know what? I just wish that nobody had to live in that world, you know. So if half of the people who are part of the community or, you know, a few people aren't, and I'm not, again, I just think it's really important to say that I'm not saying that of your situation, either of you, because I don't fucking know, do I? And I think that's the take home here. It's like, no one fucking knows. So fucking, look, if there is a group of people that are saying, I feel like I'm close to you or I'm near you. I've always said this about this. You know, when people get their fucking knickers in a twist about more letters joining the community. I want the fucking whole alphabet. I want to be the largest group. I want to feel safety in numbers. I want other people who have got similar experiences to us to stand with us. I want to stand with them. I want to go, please, can I be part of your gang? You know, I want to be this identifiable group that offers some form of solidarity to each other. So I don't get these fucking, let's say, as I'm going to say, I don't get these fucking prissy gay men. Come on, let's... Because it quite often is, in my experience, who are just fucking gatekeeping. And I'll tell you what, the reason why that's happening is because masculinity is fucking... It's a tonic, isn't it? Because that's the thing that we always forget. Gay men are men. (laughs) You know? They might be Marys, but they're still men. Anyway, I've gone on a real ramble. <laughs> yeah. So it's really stirred me in my Julie Waters. I guess what I want us to take home is fucking sit down, put the pair of you, meet each other. You're more than welcome here. I guess that's what this is about, isn't it? Like, yes, there is not much we can do about them out there. But what we can do in here is lay some ground rules. That means that you are able to do the person that you want to be and you're able to be the person that you want to be. And maybe through listening to each other, we might fucking learn something. We might say things sometimes that actually like make us go, oh, I don't think that is right. But if we listen with each other and sit down with each other, maybe, maybe there's something in that. And just to the last point about you saying you've got to speak to the parents about this wedding palaver. Maybe you don't have to. Maybe you just fucking go ahead and have your wedding that you want to have. And they'll, on the day, they won't be none the fucking wiser. And it don't matter what you're fucking wearing because it's your day and you've made your choices. And I know that's easier said than done, but take something from that, please. Listen, the pair of you, beautiful. I'm really glad we listened to those together because I think there's something in this. And maybe you're listening there and you feel ostracised from the community or a community for one reason or another. You know what to do. 
pick up the blower and offer some solidarity, offer some little bit of nugget of advice about what you've seen and how you see the world. Because I tell you what, otherwise, what the fuck we're doing here? <laughs> Hi, Scotty. Long, long time listener. First time submitter. So, there's a few things I want to discuss, actually. Number one, no one talks about this when you start exploring ethically non-monogamous relationships, polyamory. Um, I've My marriage has recently opened up. And I've had a couple of partners. I've got a boyfriend as well as my husband. My husband has a part, like has had a couple of partners and also now has like a second partner. Um, we're sick all the fucking time. No one told everyone's so shit hot on STIs, getting tested. Yes, we do all that, we do all that. No one told us about the tonsillitis, babe. Or the constant bugs that we just pass around from family to family. I don't think this is worth it, if I'm honest. I'm just sick all the time. The second thing, and this is more serious, and this requires somewhat, I think, of an input from yourself and listeners. I think, I think I'm an asshole. I don't know whether I'm just a naturally abrasive person, or if I maybe just... I don't know. Anyway, boyfriend came over and it was an impromptu visit and he wanted me to perform oral sex. And so I did. However, oh, babes, it was clear to me that he had not had a shower or washed maybe for like, it's a big no for me. And with my husband, of course, who I've been with for 12 years, I would just tell him, I would just tell him, but this is new, and so I didn't say anything at the time, but I did then message him this morning about it, and it has not gone down well, and I I think I'm the asshole, what do we think, I don't, I just feel like it's basic, like, courtesy, right, give it a quick rinse beforehand, I don't know. What, what do we think? Anyway, bye. LTL FTC, I am so glad you have come into this room with this because do you know what? Something about this makes me feel so comforted and so normal, <laughs> for a better word, that I, I rarely get that feeling. I really, get, I really rarely get this sense of being a norm because just hearing someone being like, so I've got this relationship and then my boyfriend and then I'm just like, yes, more of that behaviour, please, please, can we be friends? Now, I want to start off by talking about the bugs and the tonsillitis and this and that and the other. Vitamins, 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 please. Okay, make sure you're up on your vitamins. Make sure that you're well. Make sure your immune system is doing the things that it needs to do. Okay, no judgment here. But, you know, you can take your vitamin C, take your vitamin D in more ways than one, I'm sure. (laughs) And then, you know, there's that. I'm going to come back to this in a minute. Because maybe the two are linked. Okay, now I'm no fucking doctor. But if you're putting that bacteria in your throat, you know... I'm just going to put that out there. Now, this is a classic, a classic move 
of dickery and arseholery from the boyfriend. The the way that you are being made to feel that you're the arsehole is showing you very clearly that you're not the arsehole here. What you're asking for is cleanliness in the same way that you are being met with, unless this is your kink, right? Unless you've had a pre-conversation that's like, this is a thing that I'm into and I would like that. But still, as I've said before, we have to get consent before having these situations. It's really okay for you to have said, "Mm, next time, would it be okay if, you know, or "Mm, that wasn't to my cup of tea. What you're doing there, darling, is you're setting boundaries. You're saying, wasn't for wasn't for me. Please, could you do A, B, and C? Now, if somebody can't see that you're asking for a, a request there, that you are saying not my thing, then sorry, there's there is a flag for me to look at future behaviours of that person, because yes, I think what you are experiencing there is his embarrassment hopefully, is his embarrassment to be like, oh God, you know, this, that or the other. Or maybe he is into this sort of thing and hasn't been able to verbalise that or there is some shame attached to that, which I'm sure you sound like a very amenable person that you could have some conversations about that. But I I just want to like, I love how, do you know what? I love how open-minded I am. (laughs) But I really don't think you're the arsehole here for saying... I didn't like that. Please, could that not happen again? Because that's a se- because if that happened in a different way and you had to use that language, I would hope that the response would be very different from him. So to 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 you know summarize, you're not the arsehole here for saying no, thank you, and the two could be linked. So you know, either dip the dick in the sink or get another dick that wants to dip its dick in the sink. <laughs> It's easy for you to say. <laughs> Have you? I, I would love this conversation to roll on further. I mean, even between me and you or other people, non-monogamy and boundaries, it's really important, but I'm really glad that we're talking about this where it's just not just about ethics between partners. This is about, you know, hygiene and what you need and what you desire and what you don't. Yeah, here we go. Well, that's it for another week. I mean, what more do you want? Sex relationships, cups of tea and pissing in kettles. I mean, it's all there for you, isn't it? Listen, pick up the blower. We are steaming towards the end of this season and I would love it if you would pick up the phone and have a chat with me. All you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. And of course, you can find us on Patreon, as that lovely caller mentioned, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. And why not join us on Instagram and Twitter? Because we're actually quite fun during the week. Yeah, we like to troll other <laughs> other podcasts on the Twitter. And we're often having a little bit of a gossip in the DM. So come and find us at after the tone POD. We will see you next time when uh, producer Deb is back from uh, Jollies. Yes, hello, don't you worry. Don't you worry, I'll be having words. But thank you very much to producer Tim for this week. We will see you next time. And maybe there will be more gossip, scandal and intrigue. Or maybe we might just sit here in silence. (laughs) Have a good and look after yourself. And remember, if you need to dip your dick in a sink, please do. (laughs) 
After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Bride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis, Digital Producer Capriel. After the Tone is a Debbie production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.